This is the Outpace Coaching Podcast presented by Coach Anthony and Coach Peter. Together, we strive to help you outpace the competition. In this podcast, we dive into everything endurance sports related and give you our perspective on what will make you faster. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Anthony and Coach Peter, and welcome to the July edition of the Outpace Coaching Podcast. Yep, coming to you live from my uh, new house. New house, and we have a special guest, yep. Karen's here with us. Yep. So, fellow triathlete, my girlfriend Karen Herrick, um, yes. came here for the swimming podcast because uh, she's the only one of us that actually knows how to swim. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, <laughs> she can uh, teach us a few things on this. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know. So, I guess. For the update section, it's kind of the more, you know, 2020 summer in a nutshell. The <laughs> only thing we have to talk about is what races were canceled. Um, you know, obviously, Madison, they reached out. They said it was formally canceled. Um, I think we all knew that was coming, but uh, they formally said it. Uh, last weekend, actually, we were going to do another version of the Outpace 70.3, and that was canceled for a different reason. Weather this time, um, we got up at, what, 4.30, and it was pouring 415. rain. 415. Yeah, 4.15. <laughs> uh, pouring rain, and it really didn't stop till about 9.30, so um, I think, I like someone said, so we got all got to get right with the triathlon gods. <laughs> Yeah, the stress of race director, that's never fun. Yeah, Peter and I were talking at 4 a.m. Like, yeah. what do we want to do? What, what did, yeah. Like, no coffee. Yeah. I was like, yeah, stammering. Yeah, yeah, I remember, like, back and forth, we were just laying out the same points over and over again. Yeah, I remember you guys hung up and you both said the same thing over and over again. Like, all right. I don't think here. we made a decision here, did we? We just repeated the same point six yeah. times. Yeah. Before coffee and breakfast is never good. But but yes, yeah, unfortunately canceled. Um but uh yeah, and then this weekend yeah you guys got Granite Man, hopefully yeah. will happen sprint race. So they've sent I mean like honestly like if I think back just a couple of days ago, I was skeptical. Like I was almost fifty fifty on it, you know, maybe they'd pull like a Lubbock and cancel it. You yeah. Know? But they've literally I mean, it seems like they've done their due diligence. Like they have kind of an elaborate like covid you know check-in process oh, yeah, waves yeah. Tra- like preset transition so i mean knock on wood but i feel like it will actually happen this weekend yeah no yes. i think it will yeah it'll be fun to come and watch too i'm excited to there's what 10 10 outpace outpace. athletes yes yep exactly do you know are you even allowed to watch um, yeah, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> okay. It was funny because that talks about, so there's a couple other races happening. So Grand Man Series has this one and Clearwater. Yeah. I think Clearwater's on like the 16th. Um, but Square Lake just announced that they were happening, both 70.3 and the Sprint. But I was reading, so they have a section on their website that talks about rules and regulations for COVID. And, like, in all caps, it says, no spectators. In Square Lake? Yeah. Okay. Because I know um, Granite Man originally went ahead and looked in the Frequently Asked Questions section, which is, I think, where they had the COVID updates. It said um, one spectator per participant. So, knowing... Or something like that. How's that going to work? I have no idea. So, they're just trying (laughs) to limit, I think. So, so knowing that, like, half of the people that are coming from the team 
don't have anyone else coming with them. We That's figured true. Dean and I, I mean, we'll try to stay away from people. You guys can divvy yourself up to yeah. two solo. Exactly. Athletes. Yeah. Ben, Ben Bassett said that I could be his. Karen and I are just coming along. So we each get one. Uh, yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Dina can come for her and you yes. can come for yep. me. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully I, I think, you know, as long as we're not congregating and stuff, yeah. I don't anticipate it. Being well, I think that, I mean, you know, I was talking about this this morning is like, I I honestly applaud them because it feels like this is the non-all-or-nothing way to do event, still have events during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's an outdoor event, you know, like, you give people the choice, you cap it based off of what the county allows, and then, like, you also realize that it's, because it's outdoors, like, yeah, I mean, if you want to mandate spectators wear a mask, that's fine, yeah. but, like, you'd think that people can get away with still going and watching, like, their loved ones race right because it's like if you know you spread out throughout yeah, the course yeah. but i guess we'll see yep yep yeah and then uh since most races are canceled i know the team is going to do the rim to rim some are going to do the rim to rim to rim three rims the yep. grand canyon coming up in october so that'll be something to shoot for and you guys are going to try to go as fast as you can go i mean well or, or i would attempt. i mean <laughs> as, as efficient as possible as maybe fish, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been uh starting a trail run again and um trying to build up our endurance again with you know elevation stuff but yeah it's like i mean it won't come close <laughs> it's on, yeah it's honestly like the downhills are by far the worst part of it sure like i i went to highland this morning i went to highland yesterday and like on the uphills i mean yeah obviously when it, when it's hot your heart rate gets going but the worst part about it is like my knees and quads because it's like you did all that work to go uphill so now you want to reap your benefits and it's easy to do that on a bike because all you do is just sit there and let the wheels do all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like sprinting on an 8% grade downhill is just, I mean, when I bonked at that fall 50, that was definitely the cause. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you guys ran 20 last week, so that's, that's yeah. a good start. That was yeah. good. And it was flat. Yeah, completely flat. On the lakes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think our net increase was like 150 feet. Yeah. And like we are at... <laughs> Mile 16, and we're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, my hips were killing yeah. me, and we're like... Well, the Rim Rim's only like 11,000 feet of elevation. Yeah, and it's only so. like an extra 27 miles. And it's at 8,000 feet, I think, the highest part, so... <laughs> okay, well, good. I think we got a good we'll delay on <laughs> Yeah, other than that, I think, was there any other updates no. pace-wise? Or? I don't think so, yeah. Let's, okay. We'll see how it goes. That's pretty much it. Now for your monthly minute where we offer you a training and racing tip. This month's topic are four tips to staying injury free. The first one, hydration, which keeps your muscles and tendons pliable and healthy. A rule of thumb is to divide your body weight by two and then drink that amount in ounces and then adjust based on workout duration and temperature. Tissue work, making sure to do at least 10 minutes per day of some type of stretching, mobility, foam rolling, no days off. Strength training, maintain a consistent routine of two days per week of targeted strength work based on weaknesses and imbalances, and then consistency in training and trusting the process. Be patient, build volume and intensity slowly. That concludes your monthly minute. Now for your main topic of this month's podcast, which is all about the swim portion of triathlon. All right, so now for the main topic for this month, which is all about the swim. Um, so we kind of went out of order. We started with the bike, 
and talked about the run last month, and uh, we're doing the swim. Now that people can can swim, we wanted to... Yeah, exactly. We, we yeah. talked about the bike. Yeah. There was no swimming to be had. That's so. actually true. We were considering doing it in order, and we thought it would be a little uh, salt in the wound to start talking about swimming back in... When would that have been? May, when <laughs> most pools were closed. Yeah. So. Except for you. You were swimming yeah. at that point. Yeah. You swam at the end of March. Lake Ann. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the, April, actually. I oh, yeah. The, for oh, April no, 9th. March, April. Yeah, yeah, that's right. March would be for... I will never do that again. That was completely out of necessity. <laughs> um, as we've done on the other two, uh, we did want to do the the breakdown for each distance. Um, you know, we mentioned on the run, the mistake that we made on the bike. These are distance percentages, not necessarily time percentages. Time obviously is going to depend on the individual. Um, you know, but just to kind of give a baseline as we've done to keep it consistent with the other ones. So... For a sprint, now these are the, with sprint and Olympic, it's a little tricky because I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but they're not consistent as far as your local races. I mean, I think Grand Man said 500 yards. I've seen sprints go up to like 900 yards. Yeah. Same thing with Olympics, they range. But this is like what USA Triathlon declares it on their website. So that's what I'm pulling from. Um, so for the swim, for sprint, it's half a mile, which is about 880 yards. Uh, the total distance for a sprint is, is 16 miles. So as far as the distance goes, it's about 3% of the race. Um, Olympic, the formal distance they have is just under 32. So 31.93 miles, and they call it out a 0.93 mile swim, uh, which is 1,600 yards. And um, that's just under 3% of the race. For half Ironman, it's a 1.2 mile swim, 2,100 yards. Uh, that's actually under 2% of the race, so 1.7%. And then um, for a full Ironman, it's a 2.4 mile swim, which is f about 4,200 yards and same percentage, 1.7%. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone that the swim is definitely the shortest um, portion of the race. I think it's the one that causes the most anxiety for people. Um, you know, maybe not people with swimming background, but I think, you know, everyone. How many times have you heard, oh, I could do the the bike and the run, but the swim, I don't know. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you could do a 112-mile bike yeah. and a 26-mile yeah. run. Coasting downhill. Yeah. Good for you. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, and then – you know, as we usually do, I also wanted to put in some of the records, just kind of fun. Um, so for, I just stuck to Iron Man for these ones. Um, and it was kind of interesting because they had sections in there. So they had what they called the official records. And then they had the tide. I think that's what, you know, basically like some of the races that are in rivers and stuff. Oh. Um, you have like the, the wind at your back, so to say, the whole time. Um, so they kind of had a separate section for those. These were the non, these were just the regular, so probably in just an open body of water. Um, the record for men is Luke McKenzie um, in Ironman Brazil. And I don't know what year it is. I thought it, I thought it was 2018. Um, but he did a 42.46, which is a 101 pace. So 101 per 100 yards. It's really yeah, fast. I mean, it's got to hurt to swim that fast. Oh. 
And then Amanda Stevens from the United States, uh, she did, again, I think that was a recent year. I think that was 2017 or 2018. At Ironman Germany, she did 45.04. So pretty close, and that was a, a 104 pace. Jeez. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are known for their swimming. I think we talked about, like, Josh Amberger's one that you always hear at Kona. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not always the case, but... When's the last time you saw the the swim winner win the race yeah. at Kona? You know, um, I, I think everyone says that you kind of need to have be a master of two disciplines, but it always seems like there's one. Um, I think Lucy Charles would probably be a good sure. counter to that, right? Like she's a super strong swimmer. She usually holds her lead very well, and then you know the latter part of the run, she ends up getting run down yeah. by someone. But like um, kind of what we discussed in regards to when we did whether it was the bike or the run, I think it was the bike, you know, the swim is much more important for those at the elite level, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. to be really fast. Cause like in Kona, it, it goes to show like those that are really strong across the bike and the run are usually never competitive or are up in the front just because they lose that front pack. And then in that elite level, like, Oh, so you're saying the, the strong, maybe something, an athlete that's a pretty strong biker and runner, but is, a, is lacking in the swim. If they are lacking too much in the swim, they set a deficit for themselves that they can't make up. Yeah. Cause you just lose the advantage of the pacing, yeah, you know, that's at, true. at the front of the race, whereas most amateurs, it's all time trial. Yeah. The entire start to finish is, is just as hard as you can go individually. Whereas yeah. the pro race Especially um, at that distance. Yeah, and there there is an advantage. Like that's that's the controversy controversy with, with Ironman is the fact that um, the draft zone is like it's it's much smaller than challenge races. Yeah, um, and you do get an advantage when you're going twenty seven plus miles an hour. It makes a difference. Like like it, I think people question that because they're like, well, Ironman is is non draft legal. Yeah, but like they still get a benefit. I mean, there's multiple benefits to be made. And like, if you look at 2019 Kona, when it was like Tim O'Donnell and Ferdino and all those guys, like there's all those video clips of the one in the front, like screaming back to them, like a little help here, you know? Yeah. Like that's because there makes a noticeable difference yeah. Yeah. if you are in that front path. Yeah. And it's just nice to have a pacer. Like yeah. they're, if you're at the front of the race and you have someone in front of you, it's like, I just gotta stay with them. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of just zone out you know the mental worry. aspect yeah. of it yeah, yeah. you're yeah. not stranded in no man's land trying to make up some you know crazy deficit yeah yeah, yeah. in so the middle of hawaii yeah yeah in the middle of nothing yeah um but yeah no those are i mean those are insane times the only time i've ever swam that fast is um in uh at, in louisville you know when there was oh, uh, yeah. current, yeah, current, the current swim. They yeah. said that just like uh, if they just threw a bag of Doritos in the, the river, it would have been like an hour swim <laughs> yeah. for the iron distance. It would have been a, a 120 pace. Yeah, so that was that was how I was able to swim. I think uh, the light because I, I was going to do that Lifetime New York, and then it got canceled. But they said the same thing. They said there's people that just will like float, float on, on their, their back. back and kick, kind of. And they'll do like a sub one thirty swim, yeah. <laughs> That's and just like you just see people like floating downstream <laughs> casually. Then it's really not a swim bike run. Yeah, I mean, then they probably pay the price on the bike because yeah. they probably pre dang. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just like. I don't know if I'd want that, right? Like, it's like I flew to New York for an Olympic to begin with, and the swim isn't even a, it's barely even a yeah, swim, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, 
Yeah, so you want to kind of jump into some of the topics. Um, do you want to start this first one with some of the different ways of training on swimming, pace, first percentage, and all that? Yeah, yeah. So just like biking, running, there's so many ways you can track your progress. And, and you know, of course, with the Garmin's now, there's so many metrics that you can follow, um, whether it's in workout, your workout prescription or just on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the main ways to kind of track intensity are, you know, percentage or RPE, um, you know, pace per hundred or per yard. And then like on or at a certain interval, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I know coming from a swimming background, you know, I guess, was there a certain one that you guys stuck to, or did you guys interchange those three or, or? it was always, um, like pace, like, you know, 10, 100s and 130. So okay. it's basically so like on or at always. Yeah, always, always, yeah. So, like, the RPE thing is... I mean, I guess there would be sometimes you do a set where it's, like, um, 450s easy or whatever. Oh, or sure. E- easy, mad, or hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, most probably of the time, for, like, a warm-up. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or, like, a warm... I say warm down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't so do that. <laughs> <laughs> warm down that, is so that's a term. That it, is, yeah, I feel like it, that it, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, always pace. And so then it was based on being hard, based on how much rest you had you know like if it's something's on 130 you know okay maybe you know five ten seconds of rest you know that and then if something is like you know on 120 then you're really you're pushing it 110 you're really 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 pushing it and so on yeah Yeah, because you're just taking away your rest exactly yep yep i think it's clear it's good to point out too that it's like you have a bunch of collegiate swimmers doing that and that's a really useful one i think it's great if you're in that situation but there's a lot of triathletes that aren't in a position to be doing, you know, 10 hundreds on 140 and this and that because maybe they don't know. Maybe they're not comfortable with that. You know, maybe even just doing 100 or 200 is hard to begin with, let alone sticking to some pace yeah. you're giving them. It can be tough to track too, especially if you don't have, you don't, not really great with technology and watches or there's not a, a clock on the pool. So that's, there, and maybe. that's another thing that I think is worth pointing out that. I did this myself. I've seen athletes do it constant, like even being a month in and not realizing it is like with your standard Garmin watch pool feature, like you should not be using the start stop button in anything other than to start it and to end it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, like it's all about the lap button and like there's a drill feature and stuff. So like highly recommended if you really want to get the full range of functionality out of your watches and it makes a huge difference like Google or YouTube a video on actually how to use it because I would argue that 20, 30% of people who have these watches are using them wrong in the pool. Sure, yeah. And aren't actually using them to like see where, you know, you could have a feature where it shows that number, what you're on and shows your last set and shows your rest set and all that yeah. stuff. And I think too, that's probably the biggest difference between like training for uh a try and then like be more swim specific in the pool is just the fact that when you're training for a pool race, like you have the metric of like knowing what a hundred is, you, you know, you have the, the, the clock on your, on the pool side. Whereas in a triathlon it is when you're racing, it's almost exclusively all RPE and all just, yeah. you know, how you feel. So especially in open water. Right? Yeah. So you get, I mean, I feel like with the pool, you can really gauge that a little bit better. Whereas open water, it's like, yeah. you know, based on the, the wind, the, 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 what the, what the surface of water is like, it's sometimes difficult to know what you're, did you guys use is. watches? 
Uh, no. Yeah. No, we, no. What if you showed up with a watch? Would your coach yell at you? No one just no. No oh. one just wore them. In okay. fact, I remember distinctly how I had to get used to wearing a watch when I swam because it felt like really uncomfortable and like heavy on my wrist. So but what? Someone like the, you guys would just use the clock. A in the digital pool? clock that would go, or you see often those um, standing ones that just manually. You know, the little hand yeah. slowly turns around. Yeah. And you say, like, all right, you know, go on the top, leave on the bottom, referring to the 60 or the 30. So how did whatever. you put it on Strava then? Yeah. There no Strava <laughs> back then. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if it didn't go on Strava, it didn't well, happen. Least, Do we really know that you swam? <laughs> <laughs> did you even swim in college? I don't see it on Strava. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally off topic, but... Garmin's back. Oh on the my running, goodness! So. Yeah, can we pivot on that one really? Peter quick? was checking like every five five minutes. Not true. You were too. Five <laughs> hours maybe. I was just. It was more yeah. for their sake, right? I was concerned about Garmin, and I wanted to make sure that. Yeah. They, and then I was like, sure, I and then I was like, oh, I could just plug my watch into my computer and manually upload it to Strava, yeah. and so then all was right in the world again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they ended up. Pain. So I will say that it's now they're uploading, but something it's not clearly a hundred percent because I still have the server error message every time I pull it up, mm-hmm. and I still get like finicky. Like sometimes I'll pull it up and it'll just air out, and the app will exit out. So I think they've got a like band aid on it right now, sure, because they like things are uploading, but something is still clearly wrong with the, with the like service, yeah, like, with Garmin yeah. Connect. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, fun, fun. Yeah. So, so coming back. So, just again, those three, those three ways to kind of track um, your intensity and progress, um, just to run through them. So, like again, percentage and RPE. Like we mentioned in the bike, the run. It's just crucial for all endurance athletes to just kind of have a sense of their internal cues and know how hard they're pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's impossible to track those metrics when you're in a race. Like you need to know how how certain intensities feel. The better athlete can link that to the other, to yeah. the pace sure. and on and all that stuff because they know themselves well enough to know what, you know, what RP correlates to what speed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, pace, you know, it's great for targeted sessions, things that you're really trying to focus in on to track progress. Um, and then like on or at a certain interval, it's great for those intervals that are those athletes that really need to keep them honest. Like yeah. if you have it, you have to start this interval at this time, like, you know, it's pretty easy to accidentally take a few additional seconds of rest here and there. Yeah. Um, so it's a great way to challenge athletes and make sure they're not taking too much rest. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good transition, too, to kind of talking about, like, pool versus open water. So when you talk about that last one, like the on, I mean, I think if you want to just jump right into pros and cons of pool versus open water, I mean, that would be a big one for the pool. Is yeah. Like the specificity it brings because you can't do it's hard to do on in open water right like sometimes you put out a workout for open water and like i've gotten the workouts for open water before and you think it through it's like oh okay you know like four by five at this and three by one at this and it's like so am i just guessing on time and then i'll just float in the middle of the lake and then i'll just keep going you know it's like it's hard it's really hard to have that in open water swims so in my opinion, I think that is a benefit of yeah. the pool that you can have the drills, have the actual, you know, called out workouts yeah. and stuff. It's the same as 
open road cycling and trainer cycling. Yeah. It's like so true. When you're on a trainer, like you can be very specific with your intensity by like the second, like yeah. by 30 second intervals. Yeah. You know? But, but at the same time, if you were just to ride trainer all the time and never go outside and feel the dynamics of the wind and everything else, like you fall down. Yeah, <laughs> same with swim, same with open water. You'd probably be swimming way off course. You would, you would, you know, people would be hitting you. So just, you know, again, it's very, you just have to be sports specific as you get kind of closer to that race. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, open water, obviously, like you just touched on, sighting, obviously, is a huge thing. There's some people that, a lot of people that really struggle with sighting, and you'll see, you know, any given race, I'd love to just have the drone footage and see, that, you know, there's 50, 60 yards between swimmers. Oh, yeah. But they're swimming to the same buoy, mm-hmm. right? But it's such a huge discrepancy. Yeah, yeah. Even like the outpace race. Now, granted, we didn't actually have buoys to yeah, go yeah. for. But that was like the most <laughs> wide-ranging. We took up the whole lake. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny with, with uh, Steve's. Steve's footage of that. Yeah, the video. But when it comes to like transitioning from strictly pool to open water, how long did that take you, Karen, to 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 get comfortable sighting to just again just the different dynamics of open water swimming? Well, it's more mentioning you guys never open water swim, right? Oh, like in college or high school? No. Well, I mean, when I was a lifeguard, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sighting came. I feel like sighting comes super easily, though, because you you just you know look ahead. That wasn't like a big big thing. Um, but I mean, yeah, just adjusting to like when it's really wavy, and I'm never like even close as fast swimming open water compared to in the pool, because you're fastest off the walls when you are swimming in a pool, yeah, <laughs> streamlining yeah. and kicking and. I've definitely lost my skill in that and um, flip turns, but not that much. Well, <laughs> well, in yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, whatever. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't think it's like a hard transition. It's just like it's just different. It's actually like a lot more fun. It's just oh, nice yeah. to be yeah not staring at it's like a black a black line over and over again, and just it's so nice to get outside and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was like it's like a huge transition. It's just kind of a bummer. Where like, ugh, I feel so much <laughs> slower. Yeah. Well, yeah, and one thing to point out too on like the losing it versus not. I mean, we talked about this, and I did want to mention this. It seems like every time I go to swim with her, there's always like some old guy or something who's like used to swim, and we'll you know we'll be in the same lane resting, and he'll you know reach over and be like point to her and be like you used to swim didn't you like blah 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 blah. and then he turns to me and he's like so are you new to swimming you know <laughs> it's just like oh is that painfully obvious huh you know but like in the open water i feel like maybe the odds yeah. are a little more yeah. even well it's you know when it comes to open water and pool it should i should point out just like the stroke it's to- like especially if you go oh, to someone sure. who teaches one or the other like it's just a different different biomechanics like with pool you never have the wind or the the, yeah, the waves so you can true. you can have a more long lengthy smooth stroke whereas if somebody you know going against the surf in in ocean like you would you having that stroke would just be consistent consistently even push oh, yeah, back. it makes a huge difference yeah. yeah learning how to bilater bilaterally breathe outside too for that sake right yeah. like that's a big piece i would say waves coming for- a lot of swimmers have a preference breathing to one side and they're quick, like faster, or have a stronger arm pull going to one side. And if the, you know, the race for the try open water, the buoys are on the left side, you, you're, but like a, it's a more of a benefit to 
breathe to the left because yeah. you can, you know, versus the the right. Yeah. And that's something that's struggle for me because I'm stronger breathing to one side. And if the course is going the opposite way, then it makes a difference, a yeah. big difference. Yeah, so, I didn't even think of that. I mean, yeah. For me personally. Yeah, no, I think that everybody has a, a strong and weak side, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's, when I first started, I didn't even think that, like, you did breathe on the other side. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to be able to do both, yeah. aren't you? And and with open water, you just don't get the consistent breaks that you would with pool swimming. Like, yeah. You know, especially if it's a 25 yard or like St. Louis Park, that's 22 and a half yard or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're constantly stopping, especially those that don't do flip turns, stopping, getting a break, I know. turning around, you know, and it's just different, you know, when you have, when you have no access to the Yeah, the I think you, living in Minnesota, it's like you take advantage of the, your season that you can do open water, right? Because you're going to be stuck in the pool seven months minimum, maybe yeah. six with... April 9th being your first swim. Hence why everyone's going to start skiing so you don't have to swim as much. That'll be a different topic. (laughs) That's next month's thing. I guess the next one would be if we're talking about open water swimming is, I think the big question is wetsuit versus non, no wetsuit. Um, I mean, I guess I could speak personally for myself. I think this also is because I don't have a swimming background is like, you know, I feel like a lot of times when when her and I train outside together swimming, for the most part, we're somewhat comparable with speed. But if you were to tell us to do that same training, uh, like outdoor swimming training session, but we weren't allowed to wear wetsuits, I guarantee you I would fall off significantly. Like I am noticeably faster with a wetsuit on. And I think that's just because like my legs do so much less than like hers or an actual swimmers would yeah. do. Which is a strength for you. I mean, that's, that's great. I, I'm, I get, I yeah. think coming from too, I'm, I've, I've such a strong, like I'm a kicker. I like, I kick. <laughs> it's, it's a negative for me in, in triathlon. Yeah. So you want to save your legs for the bike. Yeah. I guess that's so, the one yeah. session that you, we don't know how arms. to use them. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just let them drag. And yeah, that's, I think that's probably the biggest thing is it changes your, your body position in the mm-hmm. water. So again, if you, if you go from pool swimming and then you go the first time you ever jump into a wetsuit is, uh, in your race, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna have a different feel in the water, you know, especially if you have a full length wetsuit, it's going to increase the restriction through the upper body. So it's going to fatigue your shoulders more, Yeah. you know, so that's something that you don't want to just jump straight into, especially in a race. Cause it's going to feel kind of constricting and just, you know, be more tiring well and you should train with both right like there's there's no guarantee in any race for a multitude of reasons that you can use a wetsuit like there's temperature restrictions some races just restrict it like if you a lot a lot of times if you want to make the jump to like elite there's some races that don't allow like elites to to wear wetsuits Mm -hmm. Uh, even local races like heart of the lakes does that i know others do that too so i like i feel overly reliant on it right and like if I'm over water swimming, I'm just going to use it because it's more convenient for me. But like, I wish that I would take more times to non wetsuit open water swim. I think it's a good like training yeah. tip. Yeah. 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 One question that I, I, uh, you know, that everyone should ask themselves is whether or not you rely on the wetsuit to survive the swim, you know, and if that, if you answer yes to that question, um, you know, that's something to be concerned of, especially when you choose a race, mm-hmm. you know, if it is and mid and July, August, you know, local Minnesota race, like 
the, the water is going to be pretty close to the, the cutoff. So, yeah. you know, that's something to take into consideration when you're choosing a race, you know, and meantime, again, practice and, and try to be more confident so that you, you don't feel like you have to rely on it. Yeah. Um, buying a swim skin is an option, which will, won't provide any buoyancy, but it will make you quicker in the water. Um, so what do those do? How do those make you quicker then? It's the, like the fabric you... is like, the only way I can explain it, it's like a paper. It's almost feels like a paper. Yeah. Like it's just like, it, I don't know how to explain it. It's not neoprene, but it, it's very compressive. Yeah. Like it, it, uh, it repels water. Yeah. So that you just makes you more hydrodynamic. Didn't water. they have a year at the Olympics where the athletes were allowed to wear them and like their times uh, were record were times like or something? Those are like blue seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they're very buoyant and fast. I think, I think they have some neoprene. These don't, these don't have any type of rise oh, material okay. in them. Yeah. Cause I know I've, I've seen like, yeah, all those records were broken that year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And, and you know, I know any of those championship races like Kona and stuff, they don't allow wetsuits. Yeah. They don't allow those. Yeah. Um, cause, and it, it makes sense too, especially when you swim there or you swim in open you know, open water when it is super warm, like wearing a wetsuit's unsafe. Like oh, really? it's so hot. In, yeah. In Kona. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it definitely is really warm. I mean, even like in, yeah. couple, you know, a month ago, it was it's so hot, soupy, yeah. you know, and, and it, it, it just, you know, people would be overheating. It does make you yeah. kind of lightheaded. I mm-hmm. like, I, we didn't even swim that long on Monday and I noticed that a little bit. Yeah. Um, the one thing I pointed out too, is like, like with this weekend, you know, I think I personally don't do sprints very often, but I'm almost thinking, you know, it's like a 500-yard swim. Is it worth the benefit you gain for the extra time in transition? Now, unless you must be really bad in transition for that answer to be no. But, you know, some I've seen some people get their wetsuits off and it takes like a good 30, 40 seconds. I would say if you have a sleep, sleepless wetsuit... Um, then I think hands down, as long as it doesn't take you forever to take it around your ankles. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to still gain, especially someone who's a non-swimmer. Yeah. Like someone who's a swimmer, I, you know, she could probably get away with it, honestly. You might be a couple seconds difference potentially. I don't know, but, but yeah, I would say. Like would you wear a wetsuit on Saturday? I plan on it. I did with um, Hopkins last yeah. year and oh, it, yeah, it was right. fine but yeah. it is kind of scary it's like well what if I don't get this over yeah, yeah you never know I mean it could yeah. get snagged on your like yeah. chip and then that comes off and then you got to try and get that I mean it's yeah. just it is a level of stress you got to consider yeah. for yeah. transition yeah. yeah and then um, I think you know maybe that another topic we want to just talk on is like the swimming swimming throughout the season right like how we progress I mean, would you say that swimming is one you know we talk a lot about especially with running but biking too is like you really need to be careful how you add it in because i've you know i went through this with running where swimming season ended and i had a great like base of fitness so i really wanted to run again and then i increased my running volume significantly and then got injured right like do you think there's a lesser concern with swimming on that yeah, there def- definitely is just because you don't have the the strain of gravity, yeah. you know, and, and it's, but but it's still something to be conscious of, and you know you don't want to jump straight into. That's where you know I don't know during like the start of COVID, or when people were able to start getting back swimming. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a ton of posts like online and stuff being like, how much should you start and how should, quickly should you build? Just yeah. because so many people were off for two months, and then if they were swimming ten k you know, every session or something like, yeah. 
you know, you do you just, think there's a good churn like with your shoulders, shoulders or yeah. anything? Yeah, yeah, it's just I shoulders. Mean, I guess just like anything yeah. else. Yeah, and and what was nice, you know, I know a lot of we had a lot of our athletes still doing band work, you know, which helps maintain some of that strength. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it worked, but yeah, I did not yeah. love that. <laughs> and it's probably more so just maintaining a little bit of resilience. Yeah, you know, so that when you jump back in, you're not like it's like your shock, your shoulders aren't. Yeah, going into shock. From like a swimming like season standpoint, would you guys have a long period where you barely did any swimming and then you had to build it back up, or were you just swimming year round? Was the expectation? Uh, well, depends. <laughs> <laughs> college, well, college, I I took some time off, but um, no, most of the time it's year round, year yeah. round. Like, because they're short course and long course. If you're talking about clubs, your short course means um, yards, long course is meters. You're just always swimming yeah. <laughs> there's I mean they're short too you know yeah but I had deeper to, time but then you jump right back in <laughs> but don't you have a time at least like in high school where the volume is less oh yeah, yeah. well yeah during taper yeah but I don't know everyone every high school is different depending on the train but I mean they kind of got you going what working you, pretty hard pretty what, quick what would you say like either through college or high school was your highest weekly week in week out volume like, or daily? Like, what were you doing a day? What were you doing a week? Oh, I don't know a week, but daily. Because, I mean, like, training trip in college, you do doubles. So, we do, like, you know, six or seven in the morning, six or seven at night. What? Yeah, it sucked. 14,000 yards for a day? Two yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and some, I mean, some people have coaches doing 10,000 10, yards of practice, which I think is just honestly dumb. I do. I think they yeah, you, yeah. look back at that. It's It's just... You know, you run into overuse and burnout really fast. So yeah. it's I mean, fourteen thousand week is quality is... over quantity. Definitely, I think more realizing, but yeah, yeah. six, six or seven. Yeah, and that's yeah. pretty consistent. But, I feel like you know mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and swim. That's why swimming is so. It's such a weird sport because like any any elite level swimmer like they don't it, it, they don't like follow i mean some some of course do but it seems like a lot of schools high schools colleges don't follow like rules of physiology and like recovery <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah it's like oh you know you've been you know they just keep pushing when you don't swim it out because yeah. it is low impact and it is harder to get yeah. an injury unless you have you know bad form or not even so even i mean if you go push it too much or overdo it you'll bound to get you're bound to get an injury did a lot think, of people but. get injured uh no, I mean a lot of shoulder stuff, but um sometimes knee or hip if like or knee for like breaststrokers, but for the most part not no. Yeah. Mm. no. Yeah, which <laughs> again it's easy to do a ton of volume in that case. Yeah. But but that's that's something that I feel like, you know, with triathlon with balancing through different sports, like, you know, if we apply it to swimming, you know, no matter even though you can do a ton of volume, like there's at some point there's an upper limit to where the benefit outweighs. Totally. Oh, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So we talked about this on the bike one and I think it does hold true. It's like if, if you're a professional triathlete or you're just someone who's really lucky financially in life and you have eight hours a day to train, like great, you know, put in a lot of swim session and, and add extra and all this stuff. But for the average time starved individual, who's already getting six hours of sleep and 
decides that they have a need to wake up three, four days a week at 4 a.m. and be at the pool at 5. And for masters. It's or probably yeah. not helping you, right? Like your time is probably better spent elsewhere and just having like one or two really key sessions a week yeah. when you do swim. Um, I, it's just, you know, it, like it'd be nice if everyone had unlimited amount of time, but that's just not the case. And I see so many people wake up at four to go to the pool three or four days a week. Yeah. 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 And in, in regards to like how you progress your training too, um, you know, it doesn't sound like you guys necessarily, and it seems like that with swimming, it's like all year round. There's no, there's no different phases. Whereas like when you are balancing through different sports and with triathlon, most cases people have one to two A races throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least for us without pace coaching, like, you know, during the off season, it's much more technically and drill based, um, you know, and then as you move into more preseason, which is usually January, February time period, you know, that's where you bring in, well, pull, pull workouts using the, the pull buoy, you know, still focusing on technique. Um, and then, you know, again, as you kind of build into the season, depending on where your A races are at. Um, you kind of move into kind of your base period, which is usually like early spring period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you start doing a lot of those endurance based sessions, continuing to work on strength, um, knowing that a lot of people rely on their upper bodies and not their lower bodies when they're not coming from a swimming background. So still focusing a lot on pulling. What would you say like for your average maybe athlete doing their first Ironman? I mean, at their peak for swimming, what what kind of yardage are they shooting for on a weekly basis? I mean, obviously it depends, but yeah. if you had to generalize. Yeah, so that's, you know, when they are building or like the kind of next phase would be like build period. Yeah. Um, and that's where it becomes more race specific. Yeah. So in that case, you know, if you're training for Ironman, you know, one day is going to be a long endurance swim, you know, building up to four, five K plus, yeah. depending on how much time and then if what their experience level in swimming is. Um, and then one day would be more speed orientated, just kind of working different energy systems. And then those would be the key workouts. And those that would have additional time would have uh, another workout that maybe they would do something in between those shorter kind of takeout speed workouts and then those longer kind of endurance sets. All right, so as always, we like to wrap up the podcast with a quote. Uh, This month's quote is from Dimitri Martin. Swimming is a confusing sport because sometimes you do it for fun and other times you do it not to die. And when I'm swimming, sometimes I'm not sure which one it is. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. See you next month.